Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Michael Barrison, who was charged with the attempted murders of Lauren Kanarek and Robert Goodwin in Long Valley, New Jersey. Kanarek was struck in the chest by two bullets from Barrison's weapon, and as it was undisputed that Barrison fired those shots, his legal team argued that he was not guilty because he was legally insane at the time of the shooting and in the alternative because he fired those shots in self-defense. In our last episode, we began our coverage of the direct examination of alleged victim Lauren Kanarek. On today's installment, we continue that coverage with Ms. Kanarek offering her perspective on the grievances that developed between her and the defendant. That's all coming up right after the break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Prosecutor Christopher Shellhorn continues his direct examination of alleged victim Lauren Kanarek by inquiring about the professional and personal relationship between herself and Michael Barrison. Judge Stephen Taylor presides. Now, did you compete in any uh, competitions or attend any horse shows during the period of time that you were associated with Michael Barrison's business? Yes. What is his uh, business considered in the dressage industry? Dressage what, business. What kind of a barn is it? It's a dressage barn. I guess is there any significance when you would register for a a show or a competition to registering associated with a certain barn? I mean, yes. There's always that significance, depending on you know judges might favor or have a preference towards a certain coach or think that you know they're more of a prestigious barn, so you're getting a better education. They might be paying closer attention to what you're doing, but there's I I believe there's definitely a significance to who you're training with. When you would compete in a competition or a horse show, were those competitions or horse shows held at Michael Barrison's farm? No. Where would, would it be fair to say they would be held out of their locations? Yes. How would you get there with your horses? They would be trailered in a trailer. And who did that? Either Michael himself or Justin Harden. Is that something that cost money? Uh, yes, if you're getting it done privately. And was that included in the price that you were paying to Michael Barrison during the time you were there? Yes. Now, between living at Michael Barrison's farm at times in the same house, uh, as well as being coached and trained by him, did you make any observations of his personality? Yes. Can you tell the jury what your observations were? My observations were that you know, there's times where he was hilariously funny and charming and nice, and then there were days where you would just see him and he just looked angry and you just you just knew that day you, you did not want to approach him. You might even see him like, you know, screaming at a staff member and even though maybe it hadn't happened to you yourself yet, you just knew don't go near him. Just keep your distance. You said that he uh, was hilarious or funny, something to that nature. What was the nature of his uh, sense of humor? He would just tell funny jokes, and I, I can't think of a specific example at the time. Um, sometimes the jokes he would tell were not funny and offensive, to be honest. 
but at least, I mean, I guess he thought they were funny. Now, at any point during the course of time that you were dealing with him professionally, did your relationship change? Yes. And would you say that it got better or worse? Worse. What was the worst thing Michael Barrison ever did to you? Tried to violently murder me on August 7th, 2019. Now, before I ask you some questions about that, let me ask you, do you own any guns? I do. Uh, how many guns do you own? I own one gun. And did you ever have that on either of Michael Barrison's farms? Never. Where did you keep that handgun or At gun? My, my home in North Carolina. And what type of a gun was that? It is a Walther's 9mm PPX. Do you remember approximately when you bought that? Somewhere between 2015, 2016, I want to say. And can you describe for the jury generally the process that you had to go to uh, go through for applying and purchasing that gun? Yes. So once you choose the gun that you want to buy, you then have to get a permit. And so they do a background check, and then you're required to go to the sheriff's office. Like they send you, I guess, a message of what you need to do and you follow those instructions and in one of those instructions is come to the sheriff's office and they'll ask you questions and if you need to provide anything you provide it and give you a permit and then you have your permit to actually go and pick up the gun that you've decided upon and are you describing that process as the same process you went through yes that was north carolina right yeah with that line of questioning Shellhorn seems to anticipate defense questions about whether the witness had a firearm on Barrison's property. Next, the prosecutor appears to seek to get out in front of information that he anticipates the defense will raise regarding the witness's past drug use. Have you ever used any drugs in the past? Yes. What drugs? I've used pills. At one point, I made a terrible decision to use heroin. That was mostly it. Oh, pot, probably. And. What, uh, when you say pills, what got you started uh, using drugs? An injury, and I don't exactly remember what it was. I was doing a lot of sports at the time, um, somewhere in my like early 20s. And I guess I went to a doctor and he prescribed me some pain medicine. I had no idea really what it was. I started taking it and I became addicted to those painkillers. And had on and off addiction issues with painkillers since then, although I had clean time after that. On to. Are you sober now? Yes. Did you ever use any illegal drugs at the time that you were living on Michael's Barrison's farm in the summer of 2018? No. How about the summer of 2019? No. Do you take any medication to help you maintain your sobriety? I do. Can you tell the jury what that is? One major drug that I take is called Suboxone, and I take that drug to pretty much ensure that I maintain sobriety. Does it help you? Yes, it helps me tremendously. Do you see a psychiatrist or an addiction specialist? I do. Now, I think I asked you this question before, but uh, I asked you specifically about Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you said that you're very active on Facebook. Yeah, at the, to at the time. Do you ever, or did you ever, let me take you back more specifically, mm -hmm. to the summer of 2019. Okay. Uh, would you ever be involved then or before uh, playing any sorts of games online or through mobile devices? Yeah, a few. Not so many, but there were definitely a few. What were some of your favorite uh, games to play in that way? Chess with friends, definitely number one for me, probably. And then I had a small bout with Farmville for a little while. But I would say of all of the games, chess with friends, probably number one. What is your favorite thing about playing chess? I think it heightens intelligence and makes you think of things in different ways. And mostly it was just <coughs> a challenge for my mind. I liked to enjoy playing it and enjoyed having you know, like anonymous 
people to play with or friends and it was just something to do to heighten your intelligence and have fun at the same time. Now I had asked you questions uh, a couple of minutes ago about the day in August when the defendant shot you in the chest. Yeah. I think you indicated that you remember that that was August 7, 2019? Yep. Where were you when the defendant shot you? I was on the porch on like a love seat that was on the porch that I would often lay on to read and or you know, sometimes watch a movie on my tablet and I just lay on the couch outside, nice weather. So I was on the porch right there on my love seat. This happened at the farmhouse? Yes. And were you still on the porch when he shot you? No. I'll ask you some questions about that more specifically in, in a few minutes. Okay. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Prosecutor Shellhorn next delves into the deteriorating relationship between the witness and alleged victim Lauren Kanarek and the defendant Michael Barrison. You said a few minutes ago about how obviously the relationship that you had with Michael Barrison had gotten worse. Yes. Let me ask you some questions about what was going on between you and Michael Barrison. Okay. Uh, were you having any issues during the summer of 2019 related to you're coaching or who was coaching you? Yes. Can you explain that to the jury? Yes. So there was a time where Justin Harden had sort of become my main trainer in a way. And I was not happy with that because I was paying a lot of money for the training specifically of Michael Barrison. And, you know, not to sound indelicate, but I didn't feel like I was paying all this money to be at the, you know, Justin Harden Academy of Dressage. I was specifically there for a specific trainer. There were other issues as well. He had a drinking problem, which I had brought to Michael's attention. And I guess that that's pretty much what had happened. And I guess in, in general, is it fair to say with respect to who was coaching you or how you were being coached, were you vocal about that to Michael Barrison? Yes. How did it make you feel uh, that Justin, for example, was your primary trainer and it was no longer Michael Barrison? Just like tossed to the side and then I was just there to pay money and board my horses and nothing more. Sometimes it seemed like it mattered and he was interested in, you know, our progression. Other times it was just, Justin, take this kind of thing. During that summer of 2019, yes. at some point did things change about when you could be at the barn or when you could be around the horses? Yes. Can you tell the jury about that? Yes. So we had agreed in 2019 that so we would do night check on our horses, which is checking to make sure that they're basically tucked in for the night. They have what they need. And we had agreed that we would be up there, do it, everything we needed to do, and you know, try to be out of there by as close to 9.15 as possible and just be done so that we would 
honestly go to bed. But everything we wanted to have them settle for the night by that time anyway. So we kind of came up with that agreement, and that's how it was settled. During the summer of 2019, did you bring another horse or a new horse to the barn? Yes, Michael had pretty much insisted that this horse come to his farm, and I took her out of the rehab that she was in to bring her there. So sometime in, I believe it was early June, possibly late May, that horse did come to his farm at that time. Did that horse uh, specifically have any health issues? Yes, that's why she was in rehab. She has um, a condition called chronic cellulitis, um, which is where a limb or several limbs, but usually just one, just blows up full of edema and liquid, and it could range from mild to potentially fatal. Did you have any responsibility as the owner of the horse for taking care of that? Yes, I always have responsibility if it's my horse. And if I didn't ask you this earlier, uh, is it fair to say that Rob would help you at times with certain things related to care oh, yes. for the horses? Almost, almost always. In mentioning Rob, Shellhorn is asking whether the defendant's boyfriend, Robert Goodwin, was involved in assisting her with horse-related matters. So specifically in terms of, of this horse that had the condition, what did you have to do in terms of providing care to the horse on a daily basis? Oh, lots of things, um, starting with evaluating how she was looking, how she was eating, taking her temperature, but most of all, applying these things that we call standing wraps, which are a combination of like a white wrap made of cotton, which you then cover with another wrap made of sometimes like polyester that you wrap that over to keep the swelling down. So basically a compression sock with just a few extra details in between. And how frequently would you have to do that or change it? Pretty much every 12 hours, like 12 hours on, 12 hours off, or you risk other secondary injuries happening like a tendon bone. <coughs> so does that mean you were typically doing it about twice a day? Yes. At what times of day would you typically try to, to do that 12-hour change? I would try to get the wraps on around 9.15 and take them off sometime around the same time in the morning. I figured 9.15 is a good time, so I don't have to get up extremely early to remove them. Or in the reverse, put them on and then take them off at those reverse times. During the summer of 2019, you sort of alluded to this before, but did yeah. you have any issues going on between you and Mary Haskins Gray. Yeah. And without getting necessarily into specifics, can you tell us generally about that? She was just always condescending and she was doing strange things like stealing my gloves out of my locker, at least that's what I thought. There was an incident where she put, I, I had a bridle that I was using for my ride and before I went to go put the bridle on that horse, I turned around and she took it off my locker, kind of like the, the handle of my locker, and walked away with it saying, this isn't hers, she can't use this, and just walked away with it. And there were other minor, minor little things that happened as well. I guess, uh, do you do things the same way that Mary Haskins Gray does them? No. Does she do things the same way you do them? No. Do you do things the same way that Michael Barrison does them? No. Did you ever see him do things exactly the same way you do them? No, not that I remember. Did you ever feel Mr. like Mr. Shellhorn, were... are you talking about in taking care of horses or generally? It's rather a broad question. It's intended to be, Judge. I think it was, uh, I can I can clarify that though. Ms. Counterrect, would you say that you were uh, treated differently if you acted differently from Mary Haskins with respect to your behavior? Yes, I was treated differently. 
would you say that you were treated differently if you acted differently than Mary Haskins with respect to your demeanor at the barn? A hundred percent. Would you say you were treated differently if you acted differently with respect to riding a horse? Yes. With respect to the way you dressed? Yes. The way you use social media? Yes. Could I keep going? <clears throat> yes, I mean, you could. How did that make you feel when you were treated that way in response to the way you were acting? Bad, honestly. Just, I felt it was, I was being treated unfairly, and I didn't really understand why, but that's the way that I felt about it. Now, at some point, would you say that this started to happen or you started to feel this way on more of a day-to-day -day or a more regular basis? Yes, it, it progressed, sometimes more quickly and sometimes less quickly, but there was definitely a steady progression. Do you remember approximately when that was in the summer of 2019? I'm trying to think. I would say sometime in the area of mid-July, mid maybe? Early to mid-July is probably when it started or when I noticed that things were really starting. That's when you started to notice it? Yeah. Did you ever make any direct threats of violence against Michael Barrison? Never. Did you ever make any threats of violence against Michael Barrison using Facebook? Never. Did you ever make any threats of violence against Mary Haskins on Facebook? Never. Did you ever write things on Facebook, for example, that you knew would be or could be unflattering to them? Yeah. Now, you mentioned in July of uh, 2019, or the summer of 2019, I'm sorry, that you were living on the top floor of the farmhouse? Yes. And Michael Barrison and Mary Haskins were living on the main floor? Correct. At any point, would uh, anyone else be there at times living in the same living area with Michael Barrison and Mary Haskins? Um, yes. Mary Haskins had two children, whom I believe were 12 at the time, and they would pretty much occupy the basement. Did you ever have any observations during the time that you knew the defendant or knew Mary Haskins and her children to see the defendant interacting with the children? I did. Now it's, and, and I think you said this, but just so we're clear, did the children live there full time? No. What was your impression or, or recollection about times they may be there or may not be there? They would just come sporadically and stay sometimes for a week, sometimes two weeks. I believe there was a time they may have stayed for like a month, but mostly it was just like a week or two visit every now and then. Now at some point did Michael Barrison and Mary Haskins move out of that house during the summer of 2019? Yes. Do you remember approximately when that was? I believe it was either the last day of July or the very first day of August, but I'm pretty sure it's the last day of July, if I had to guess. Do you know where they went? I believe they went to the barn. Do you recall where the working students were living that summer? They were living at the barn. Do you recall where Justin Harden was living that summer? Also at the barn. And using that last day of, of July, first day of August, as sort of a reference point, do you remember if anyone else who wasn't in, in that category coming to live or s coming to stay at the farm on an overnight basis around that time? At the actual farm or the, or the farmhouse? I mean, the farm. Just at the property? There would be visitors, like um, one of the working students' parents came to visit, Ruth Cox came during that very same time as well, make sure nobody else came that I can recall. I believe that's it. What is Safe Sport? Safe Sport is a, basically an oversight for Olympic sports to make sure that there are no abuses of either you know, competitors and trainers, that there is severe protections <coughs> over minors. They're basically there to make sure 
that there are no violations of like egregious rules and to keep the sport and the community safe as a whole. Did you ever make a complaint to Safe Sport? I did. Did you ever make a complaint against Mary Haskins or Michael Barrison to Safe Sport? I did. Was that the same complaint or separate complaints? It was the same complaint. And do you remember approximately when you made that complaint? I think it was around August 2nd, I believe. Can you explain to the jury the process you went through to make that complaint? Yeah, it was sort of an involved process. First, I called the, I guess the Safe Sport like hotline. Everything was kind of just going, there was a lot of tension on the farm and I wasn't really sure if I should make the complaint. So I first called the Safe Sport hotline to discuss with a person there just the whole situation and they kind of talk you through your feelings and help you decide whether making a report is the right thing to do or not. And after I believe it was a long conversation with a member of their hotline, I decided that yes, the right thing to do here is to make a complaint. So I then called the number where you make a complaint, which can also be done by filling out a form and sending it in, which I didn't have the equipment to do that, so I just made it by phone. I called somebody and I made the complaint by phone, and that's how that transpired. Did they ask you certain follow-up questions during that call? Yes. What was the general basis of the complaint or the reason that you called to make a complaint? There were a few. Mainly, it was severe bullying, torturous bullying, and there was also some stuff in there about body shaming, and that's pretty much it. It was mostly just bullying and scare tactics and things like that and just a, a show of, you know, power over someone smaller, basically. Did the person you talked to ask you any questions about whether there were children involved? Yes, they asked repeatedly if there were children simply just living on the property. Before even getting into involved, they were asking over and over again, this is going on, are there children on the property? So to that, I would answer yes. They did ask questions, though, yes. Did you make any complaint against Michael Barrison for sexual abuse? No. Did you ever make any complaints to Child Protection or whatever acronym or name you may know them to be? No. With the prosecutor having clarified that Canarac's complaint to Safe Sport was regarding alleged bullying of herself by Michael Barrison and Mary Haskins Gray, and further clarifying that she did not make any allegations regarding abuse of Haskins Gray's children, Shellhorn next moves on to the history of police and lawyer involvement in the dispute between the defendant and the witness. Now, during the week or so leading up to you being shot by the defendant, do you recall if the police had ever come to the property of 411 West Mill Road? Yes. Do you remember approximately how many times? I don't remember the exact number. I want to say a total of maybe five times. It could be off by one or two, give or take. Did you call the police at all during that week of August, uh, what I'll call August 1st to August 7th? Yes. How many times? Twice. Oh, leading up to that day? Yes. Leading up to that day, I called them once, I believe. And did you also call the police on the day you yes. got shot? Yes. Did the police, to your knowledge, come to the property the day that you called them? I do not believe they did, no. So is it fair to say that any time the police showed up at the property that week, it was not because you called? That would be exactly correct. Did they come to speak with you, without getting into what they said, did they come to speak with you a number of times during that week? Yes. Now, at some point in that week of approximately August 1st to August 7th, did you become aware 
that there was a lawyer involved representing Michael Barrasov? At some point during that week, yes, I did become aware of this. And how did you remember becoming aware of that? Actually, I, I don't remember exactly. I received a letter, but I don't remember how I ended up getting that letter. What was the what was the general what was your takeaway from that letter? It was a little bit confusing, but the takeaway of the letter was this person does not want you on the farm, so look for some place else to go, kind of thing. Do you remember when you received that letter? I believe not the exact date, but I want to say possibly August fifth. When you got that letter, uh, did you have a meeting with a lawyer? I did. And what was the purpose for you going to meet with a lawyer? Um, we had some things that were unresolved and. We did not agree with some of the things that were in the letter, and we felt it was best to just let lawyers handle it the right way. Did you have a sense at some point before you got the letter that things were not going well and that you probably needed to leave? Yes. Why didn't you just leave? First thing is that it is extremely difficult to move five horses and just find another barn where they have five stalls available and, most importantly, training. Like you worked very hard to purchase these horses, um, make them competition horses, and it, it's hard moving one horse, you know, on short notice. But moving five is almost unthinkable to have to do on any short amount of notice. Do you uh, do you have your own trailer? I do not. Were you scheduled for, or or had you already registered for any competitions or sh or shows that month of August? Yeah, the the week after the shooting. I was scheduled to go show at one of the biggest showgrounds that we had in our region, Sauberies, it's called Hits. And so there was a show the following week. I was set to leave on that following Wednesday, I believe it was the 14th, and that was our plan, was to go to that show so I could continue earning the scores I needed for my goals. And Sauberies in uh, New York? Oh yes, I'm yes. sorry, yes, yeah, Sauberies in New York, yes. And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrison. Please join us on our next installment as we continue our coverage of the testimony of alleged victim Lauren Kanarek and hear her account of the moment when Michael Barrison shot her, which will include the playing for the jury of the 911 call Kanarek made immediately after she was shot. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Taracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and trial audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrison.